communicating information is as old as as agriculture itself. Agriculture was developed by folks communicating what's happening, communicating management practices. It goes back thousands of years. And what we're doing now is tapping into that resource that's always been there, that vast knowledge base that is all of our producers and all of our support services. Citizen science is 10,000 years old. That's the voice of Laura Richard. She's an agro-climate analyst with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. She works with the National Network of Citizen Scientists to collect weather observation data. The network is called the Agroclimate Impact Reporter, and the citizen scientists who contribute to the reporter are mostly current or retired agricultural producers. You know, it's, it's one of the few successful citizen science projects worldwide that collects volunteer reports about weather impacts on agriculture. And what they contribute to and produce has important economic and policy ramifications. It's where a true collaboration of scientists and producers is giving our sector rich data sets and maps that drive decisions that are made at the farm, corporation, and government levels. In this episode, I spoke with Laura Richard to get the science perspective. And I spoke with Trevor Atchison, a cattle rancher from Manitoba, who is one of the contributing citizen scientists. His family has been ranching since 1900, and they have a long history of contributing as citizen scientists too. You're going to learn why it's so important to him and to our sector. And we'll introduce you to one of my new favorite terms, ground truth. But more on that in a little bit. I love it. Yeah, ground truth. So let's hear your interview with uh, Laura. So hi, Laura. Hello. Good morning. So we'll start with a question. Uh, what is citizen science? Citizen science is a collaboration between the general public and professional scientists to collect information to help improve the state of scientific knowledge as a whole. Tell me about the Agroclimate Impact Reporter, also known as AIR. AIR is essentially a geospatial platform that's designed for collecting and reporting weather and climate impacts on farm operations across the country. So once a month, producers are invited to participate in a short survey to inform us here at AFC about what, um, what kind of impacts weather has had on their farms and what kind of issues they're dealing with. We gather these reports into a big database and then we, we use um, some interpolation and create impact maps and then release those to the public so that everyone can see the information that we've collected. In NACE, we have access to so much data. We have got sensory data from satellite observations. We've got stream flow data. We've got weather station data. We can make inferences about what the impacts are going to be on production based on that data. But the only way to really know how whether that rain helped or hindered is to hear it directly from the producer. And so getting those impact reports help fill the gaps in our data sets by letting us know what's going on in the ground. Scientists call this ground truthing, and that's really what the Agriclimate Impact Reporter does for us. It ground truths our understanding of what's happening in terms of weather and climate impacts. Are all of your reporters agricultural producers? 
Well, our reporters are very diverse. They range from local producers, just you know, letting us know what's happening on their farm, to industry personnel. We've got a lot of participants that work for RM offices, that work for provincial governments, that understand the conditions in their area and report on behalf of the folks in their in their region. Their motivations for reporting is, is, is as varied as the groups that we have reporting for us. But at the end of the day, Canadians love talking about the weather. And people today are more interested and invested uh, in on how climate and weather are impacting our production systems. And, and air really invites people to contribute. So what producers get out of it is, is the ability to contribute and be part of this conversation. So it sounds like your reporters might also be the people who use your maps and data sets. Well, reporters that participate can use the maps and the products that we output for planning and understanding the conditions around them. So, for example, in a year like this one, where feed availability is a big concern, it's of significant value for producers and their planning to be able to see a map that shows in their area where are feed supplies available and where are those supplies strained. Similarly, this year we've been dealing with a lot of grasshopper and pest issues. It can be very useful for producers to be able to see a map of where those pest infestations are and, and how they're migrating. And how is AFC using the data from the reporter? One of the programs that we do that um, that we contribute to with our air information is agri-recovery, which is a business risk management program that's part of the Canadian Agricultural Partnership between federal, provincial and territory territorial governments for disaster relief and the focus there is really on extraordinary costs. So the Agri-Climate Impact Reporter helps us identify those areas of extreme impacts and extreme costs to producers so that we can appropriately consider that in our risk management strategies. Are other governmental agencies or NGOs using the data? Yes, absolutely. Here at uh, NACE, we participate in, in provincial drought meetings. Like this summer, we've been very integrated in, in the drought meetings in, in British Columbia, Alberta, Manitoba, and Saskatchewan because drought has been such a big concern. The reporting site where you have all the maps used to be called Drought Watch. Now it's Agroclimate and Drought Watch. The information on this website is not just drought. It is, it is weather and, and, and climate conditions in general. We've got extreme weather indices. We've got all of our, our precipitation and temperature maps. We've got drought forecasts. We've got satellite data, um, satellite soil moisture data, um, veg dry, so like a vegetation health index that's, that's sensed remotely. We've got all of that information. So we have updated our website to include agriclimate so that it doesn't sound so focused. Um, on on just drought. So what's the strength and value of this network? The strength and value is the ability to ground truth. I mean, here at AFC and Science and Technology Branch, we have got access to satellite data, to weather station data, to stream flow data. But the big question is, you know, what does it matter? So what if it rains? So what if it was hot? The 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 benefit and the and the the reward of, of of being part of this program is that you get to help answer that question, and and describe to to you know to governments and to the people that are making decisions and putting in supports exactly what's happening in your area. We're talking about major weather events and drought, but what about the good growing years? That's a very good question. 
that speaks to the value of having a long-term database of of known impacts so it's not so much that you know that there's a lot of value in 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 knowing that things are good there like it's good to know where things where things are good but like we were saying earlier it's it's about being able to say you know this region out of the last five years has reported pest issues four out of those five years so we need that year that it didn't in order to make that statement whereas we if we if we don't have reporters saying yeah we've got no pest this year then 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 that data point is missing what about the recovery or transition periods as well you know the time between bad and good years that's that, that's another one of the the key features that we're able to to pick out is is if we know in in June there you know everybody in in Saskatchewan say was 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 reporting you know very very uh very low soil moisture and then we get and then we get a rain we can see in the next month sometimes you can you can actually see exactly where the rain fell that month because you can see the changes in in soil conditions as reported by by the producers for you personally how has this changed your view of your particular field of science i think what i've learned over the last number of years is that especially historically science has been somewhat extractive you know the way that we approach um citizens the way that we approach industry and and ask for information and ask for input has has typically been an extractive process where we give you a list we give you a survey we ask you to fill it out and then it just disappears into the void it might be part of something that informs a policy somewhere but all of that's happening in a black box and and Air, the air program and and this move towards citizen science i think is reframing that entire conversation from one of extraction to one of relationship where where we where we are invested in each other's success and the way that that information is being is being moved is is being done in a, in a more transparent way and i think that just in terms of my career if if there's one thing that you know that i could help move the stick on a little bit it would be building that relationship and invest making that investment in in farmers and and producers and the things that they need and without the reporting from citizen scientists why are they key because without citizen science we don't have the answer to that so what question in science and technology branch we like i said we 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 model temperature we can model precipitation we can track harvest progress we can you know we've got all of these levers the one lever that we do not have and cannot have as a federal agency is what is happening on the ground and 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 th- this program is how afc addresses that gap in in our understanding You know, Sarah, hearing what Laura had to say, I looked at the maps and the data on the air web pages, and I really kind of view them quite differently now. And I imagine your conversation with Trevor Atchison changed the way you see them as well. Oh, yeah, totally. And for different reasons, though. Have a listen. So, Trevor, to start with, can you tell us a bit about your farm operation? We are in southwest Manitoba. We are about 40 miles north of the U.S. border and 40 miles east of the Saskatchewan border uh, near Pipestone. 
Uh, we run, we calve just under 800 cows this spring. And so we run over about uh, 5,500, you should call it deeded or uh, acres. And then we rent about another 4,000 almost of pasture and hay and different things uh, to make up our total farm. Uh, it's my myself, my wife, I have two children, uh, nine and seven, and then I my parents are still involved. And I have a nephew that's quite involved in our in the operation. He has some cattle here and whatnot. And my niece comes to help when she can sort of thing. And then we have a couple on and off. Usually have full-time employees, but they're getting difficult to find, it seems. So, so yeah, we put up a lot of feed for those cows and we grain farm annual crop about six to 800 acres of those of that um, feed and some cash crops and whatnot. So that sort of tells you a little bit about us. Yeah, brilliant. How many generations deep are we talking about in terms of your uh, farming history, your family? So we are, we, I am the fourth generation and the fifth generation is now involved. Uh, we've been here since 1900. And so how did you get started in the air network? Well, it was my father was involved with it prior to me. It's, I have an uncle, one of my dad's brothers, was a he was a weather forecaster for Environment Canada. And I think that's how they got started. My father was involved in boards and lots of different things in those days. And I think that's where it came from. And then it kind of got passed off to me. So yeah, we've been at it a long time. And can you describe for us exactly what you do as a citizen scientist as part of the air network? So we um, are, we, I guess, have a, a phone conversation or a phone call and fill out sort of a short survey monthly um, on the climate conditions, more of the, you know, the moisture, weather, what issues are going on, is there pests in your crops, um, you know, the growing season, are you, is the growing season advanced or behind, has there been frost that have hampered crop growth, um, moisture, of course, is always, a, you know, a main topic when you're a farmer or growing anything. Uh, so that's all part of it. So you, we do that uh, once a month with a staff member from AAFC and then they compile the, the data up. So we kind of try to keep tabs on what's going on in our, you know, sort of local immediate area so we can report on that and give a, you know, a pretty accurate description of what it's like here in the landscape. But I, I do get the impression that your radar is a little wider. So what are the, some of the other conditions that you're looking at that affect your operation? Well, you picked sort of the right year to ask a question like that, Kirk, um, with watching the, you know, the, the air system and, and talking to others and consultants and reading a bit of farm news. I mean, the drought went from BC to Ontario to Mexico, you know, to Northern prairies, you know, that tells a person like me that, you know, where it's a, it's a bit of a, you know, firestorm where everything can go wrong at once. And it is, and it's going to create a lack of feed shortages and a, you know, most of the a lot of the agriculture area of North America, which affects our entire business. So, um, like you said, our radar is huge because it's, it's, you're not affected by what happens local anymore in the, in the global marketplace that we, that farms operate in, you know, as far as that, I mean, if there's major, like at one time, you know, there's major crops are going to come off in Australia. Now they're talking of all things, rodent damage and whatnot over there, little things like that. Um, so all those things in a worldwide marketplace affect us. So you kind of got to be, you know, you can't sit around and worry about them all day, but you need to be cognizant that those things are happening because they do affect your operation and, you know, how you're going to market. If feed's really expensive, should, be, you, should, you, should we be selling some of our animals? Well, feed is so expensive, but cattle are going down in value because everybody else is short of feed. So the scope today of, you know, analyzing what's going on in your life and what affects our business and our family life 
is a lot bigger than it used to be. In fact, we've had, you know, retired farmers that have helped us over the years and, you know, more than one has made the comment that they sure wouldn't want to be, you know, put themselves back in at my age and my place in an operation because it's a lot different world. So why do you find the Agroclimate Impact Report or website useful? You know, I can go to the website and pull up, you know, what happened, how big is the drought map, you know, where's the flood, whatever they are, I can go and, and it takes, it's, it's quick. I mean, you just click on, select what you want and it's there. You're not looking through 14 things and there isn't 18 ads that show up prior to opening the one screen you want. It just gives you what you want if you can ask for it. And so why do you think other producers or others in our sector should get involved in this form of citizen science? You know, like a, a year like this where it really hits home, when you need somebody, you know that somebody wants that information that you're giving them to help you in the bigger scheme of things. Or in a normal year, you're giving that information so that they have the, you know, the normal year recorded. Those people that are setting policy can't deny what's happened on the landscape because it's reported by those on the ground that are living it, that see it every day when I looked out my door and the grasshoppers were flying by and the grass was brown in the end of June. You know, those producer groups go to meet with government, whoever, whatever's happening. They have that data and it's real data that says here, this is what's gone on in the landscape in the last several months. And so, you know, and, and I, if you want to be able to have those producer groups act and request stuff on your behalf, they need that kind of information to take with them to, you know, prove the point. For myself, you know, you feel like it's a little bit of your duty to report that because someday I'm going to need those reports for more than just looking at what's happening in the last month. It's it's for, you know, situations like we ran into this year. So it gives you that um, sense of contribution, I guess, to a bigger you know, a bigger entity that can in the long term help help you out when the time comes, which is certainly what happened this year. So much of our work in this sector comes back to that sense of duty, duty to our community, to the environment, to the sector. You know, in your interview with Laura Richard, uh, there's a similar sentiment. And I got a feeling that her work means a lot to her. It does. In fact, at the end of our interview, she talked about it. Well, a lot of it is 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 I've 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 lived in the West. I've got family that you know that that are producers that have made it through some some really tough seasons. But more than anything, this feels like public service to me. The act of of helping the public to communicate with science and helping science to better communicate to the public. I can't think of a higher calling or a more fun job than getting to be the connector in that in in that equation to be able to to help both groups understand each other better. So I we do phone calls every month. There's always a a portion of our reporters who who prefer a one-on-one -on -one phone call to do their report versus having to go online and use an interactive tool to provide those reports. So those conversations are the highlight of my month, every month. With some of these producers, when you get on the phone with them and you say, you know, how is your soil moisture compared to normal? When you ask a scientist that, you get uh, a map that compares the amount of precipitation in that area to the amount of precipitation on that day for the last 30 years. But when you ask a producer, you, you, you access this, this well 
of of information where you don't just hear about what's happening now you hear about the way it was when they were children and it was their parents farm or their grandparents farm some of these producers have been on this land managing it for generations and to be able to bring that kind of understanding and that that kind of engagement to our science is is i i is incredibly valuable because they know what's normal in their area. They know the way that their landscape reacts to these different kinds of weather conditions in a, in a way that that we just can't see looking at the data. Understanding the types of management practices that have been employed in the past, understanding the kinds of 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 decisions that producers are making. I mean, these these phone calls and going through the report is 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 an opportunity to really get that that historical context and that personal story that exists on every one of the farms that you know that we're that we're trying to support across the country everyone's got that story and air gives us a chance to to interact with that wonderful stuff so now our listeners may be wondering how they too can get involved in the agroclimate impact reporter Pretty simple. You just go to your computer, use your search engine to look up Agroclimate Impact Reporter. It will bring you right to the webpage where you can learn more, you can check out the maps and data, and sign up. That sounds like the new thing to try. And you know our old adage, right? Can you really have an old adage that's always telling you to try something new? Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess. Well, let's call it the evergreen adage then. Try, try something new. Try something new, okay? Try something new. One day we'll have to try a new adage as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know what? Why don't we try that next episode? We'll do that because actually we're into our second year and that's a good time to change your adage, right? Right. <laughs>